0: I'm gonna just lay it on you. Uh, Did you ever play any games high?
1: There were some games there in my career, man. I was like, bro, I don't know how I'm gonna make it, I don't know how I'm gonna make it today. (laughs) I (laughs) I don't know how I'm gonna make it today. Let me get my mind
0: right. (laughs) Yo, 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 welcome to RG3 and the ones of Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Robert Griffin III, and on this show, we're going to be talking to the ones, the ones at the top of their game in the sports and entertainment, also the ones who know that game because they study it oh so well. Who am I? You know what, guys? I'm just the guy that called that the 49ers are going to win, but what I didn't see coming was that fumble right before the end zone. I'm a man, Zay Flowers and the Baltimore Ravens, But before we get into all that, and I shed a few tears and we have some fun on this show. I want you guys to like and subscribe to our YouTube page. We can't do this without you. And we're having a blast giving you guys those little nuggets of stories you didn't know and telling you the truth about what's going on in sports. So also make sure you follow us on social media at RG3 and The Ones. And you can listen to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. So tune in, ride with us vibe with us and let's keep having some fun and now coming up on this episode oh my goodness it's a special one people i are gonna be talking to the most unguardable receiver in nfl history yes he's one of the greats but when you 6'5 235 pounds run a 435 in the 40 you know they made you in the lab but ain't no db gonna be ready to cover a guy like that i'm talking about a man who played nine seasons all with the Detroit Lions. He's a Hall of Famer, a six-time Pro Bowler, most receiving yards in a single season, and the most consecutive games with at least 100 yards receiving within a single season. I'm talking about the one and the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Calvin Johnson. Welcome to the show, brother.
1: Yo, thanks for having me, man. Good to see you, (laughs) brother.
0: Nah, man, it's uh, it's an honor. We are honored, and and unfortunately, we're going to go ahead and start this bad boy off. Uh, We're going to talk about it. We got to talk about it. All right. The Lions. All right. Dan Campbell clearly wasn't afraid to lose himself in this game. Uh, And it looks like Eminem won't be getting his New Year's wish of having the Lions in the Super Bowl. So uh, when you look at that game, uh, what what went wrong? What went wrong for the Detroit Lions? Man, um, you know, when I was watching the game
1: and just feeling it at home, um, I think that you know, just managing that momentum. You know, there's always a big momentum swing in the game, and you know, you just got to do your best not, you know, to limit the swing as much as possible. And boy, that was a big swing, but <laughs> and it, it hit all at once. You know, they had the turnovers, you got, you know, missed, but everything just kind of came to a perfect storm, and it was a it was a hellacious eight minutes, I guess I could say, when they turned on those seventeen points in the second half.
0: Yeah, you know, obviously the Forty Niners, uh, they they basically secured their eighth NFC championship title, which I believe is like tied for second in, in league history, mm-hmm. uh, coming back from 17 points down. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, when you talk about the way the game went and the, and those hellacious eight minutes, do you feel like Dan Campbell was to blame for some of his aggressive calls to not kick field goals and go for it on fourth down?
1: Man, that, I mean, that you know, you never want to, you know, second guess your coach, you know, right. Dan has been this way, like, like I say, the last three years. So this is, doesn't come as a surprise, you know, you know, just for me as a, somebody just watching it, you know, it's just like I might have just, you know, maybe did something different, but I'm not the coach, you know. <laughs> right, but, uh, right, right, right. You know, and I'm not there in that moment, you know, when with with everything happening right in front of your eyes. So I don't know how I would handle that moment, at, you know, at the time. Right. But, you know, definitely Um, just I just felt the momentum. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to, you know, I would just try to, like, just pad the point, you know, pad the scoreboard maybe as much as possible just to slow down their their momentum as much as much as possible.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- that's a great, very diplomatic answer. Not gonna lie, That was phenomenal. <laughs> but let's stay in that moment. Let's stay in that moment. Right. I think what you're speaking to is that Dan Campbell has naturally been an aggressive guy all year right? Mm -hmm. It's what got the Lions from being three and what, three and 13 to to going, I think, 12 and five this year. So I understand that part of it. But, but, but he's going based (laughs) off his gut, right? Most times he's not going based off of analytics. Uh, So I feel like in those moments, your gut has to tell you, all right, we got to shut down some of this momentum right now. The getting points on the board, kicking that first field goal is going to give my team a better feeling about themselves as opposed to, Oh no. Oh my gosh, they're coming back. Do you feel that that should have been taken into consideration knowing in your career as a player, momentum is everything in a football game, man.
1: (laughs) I don't even want to talk about, you know, my time in life. This is totally different energy (laughs) right now. You know, it's totally different energy, but you know, just, you know, what you hear just you know, and like I say, just, Oh shoot! You know, same right. old Lions. This is not the same old Lions, man. This is like you say. I mean, honestly, you know, Dan been playing this aggressive since he got into Detroit three Correct. years ago. You know, this Correct. ain't just a just a this year thing. So, um, you know, you just like you say, you just like, you know, I'm not trying not. That's my guy, man. I feel you. You know, I, I, I gotta gotta support you know what he's doing because, like I say, I, what he's built this this year, man. What I, I haven't felt that you right. Know, and, and and so you know. Got to you know, you got to be all in, right? And that's what I love about this team, man. Even though the ended the way that it did end, they have guys emerging on that team, becoming True. like their own stars, and True. you know. But a big part of that is just like, they got guys that are all in. You know, you got two people that are all in, you can do a massive thing. You got right. three guys that are all in, you can get to the NFC Championship. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. and then like I say, we know that, that they were there. They could perform in that game. This game wasn't too big for them. No. A lot of people were nervous, like, this might be too big for them. We saw that. They came out. They was playing like – or somebody said they was playing bully ball in the first half. That's what it felt. I am like, damn, yeah. they rolled up on these boys. Yeah. But that, that was the thing. You just got to guard against that momentum. Yeah. Just, no. Like I say, the it's, it's, it swing's one way, but it always wants to come back.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you, and, and I know – I understand the position that you were in right now. So I will go ahead and state it for you. Not for you. I, was just <laughs> go ahead, I will go ahead and state my, my opinion. Right. You talking about bully ball. First half, the Lions ran the ball 21 times for 148 yards. Second mm-hmm. half, they ran it seven times. All right. That, that could be a little bit of, you know, play calling situation late in the game. You know, trying to score the touchdown, take the timeout because they ran the ball on third yeah. down. If they don't yeah. take that timeout, they got the three timeouts can potentially get the ball back. Another decision that was kind of thrown off a little bit. I agree with you, Calvin. I don't think that Dan, the moment was too big for Dan Campbell or the Lions at all. I think that he his aggressive play calling and his aggressive nature got the best of him in that moment. And yes, we're all looking at it uh hindsight being 2020, 20, but I think that if he gets back into that situation, he should consider obviously taking the points and being a little less aggressive in his mindset so that his team could potentially be in the Super Bowl. So that's that's how how I felt about it. It's, yeah. No, go ahead. Tell me. Talk. I'm, no, well, I'm so so it's a lesson. It
1: one hundred percent of the lesson learned. You know, it's yeah. so. Uh, you know, you you could practice situational football as much as you want to, but dang, like when it hits you in the face, then Yeah. You you need to have gone through it a couple of times. Correct. You, know? you, have be, you, have, you have to be in those situations sometimes just to be ready. for Unfortunately, yeah. you know, and that, that unfortunately, you know, it happens on national TV in these moments. But you know, I just like. It was hard for me to grasp with the first, man. was right. like, dang, like, give me some points. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the first one, I get it. You know, yep. we've been doing this all season. But you know, it's just like, man, like, you know, that second, like we said, we we wanted some points, but like, I say, I I cannot, you know, and it, well, I guess what 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 calm me down a little bit was, you know, seeing the analytics too. The analytics yeah. was right there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I mean, but the thing is, like, analytics, <laughs> it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't there in the game yeah that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know so that's the biggest thing I take from it
0: no i'm I'm with you, and I'm not a, a bash analytics guy uh mm. I, I believe that both uh the human element of like making decisions based off experience as you talked about and also utilizing the data that's there, they should be combined i, I don't think it's yeah. one way or the other way uh yeah. it just can't all be based off the analytics uh, a a uh, a Staley and how he makes his decisions so I, if I'm a Lions fan, at this point you have to you have to live with the result and know that Dan Campbell knows what he's doing. It just didn't work out in that situation, and uh, yeah, he should take points. But now, <laughs> you, now you talk about you, you talk about um, momentum, and we got to talk about a guy that I I I'm very I like this guy. I think he's great from a defensive standpoint. I'm talking about uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson when he was waving. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second quarter at the fans, like, I, you know, he had the late hit on Debo during the game, but I'm not a narrative guy. And I don't think that CJ is a, a bad guy. I think he's a great player and a great player that defenses, they need that type of guy. What did you mm-hmm. think about that moment of him waving to the fans? I didn't, you know, I saw it afterwards. Um, I actually
1: didn't see it until like yesterday or something. Somebody yeah. brought it to my attention. Um, but man, I'm a huge karma guy, though. Like. That's why you don't see me, like, when I do something or I might make a crazy play, I ain't out here, like, showing my ass. Like, I done been there too many times growing up, where I done did that and next, ne- next moment. I embarrassed myself. You know, I done seen that happen to me too many times, so I'm like, shit, I ain't about to do this on this big old stadium. I'm just going to hand this ball to the referee and go back and do it again. But um, so to that point, you know, you see stuff like that happen. You know, you might be, see the premature wave, you know, he's like, oh, that's a little early. You know, if I would have saw it in the game, I would have been like, ooh, they're they going to sign, they're going foreshadowing right, right. here. <laughs> you right. know, I haven't seen enough, you know. I know we're going to talk about it. You know, you talk about um, the Baltimore game and and, and, and Zay, Zay Flowers. Swag you know, serve. You're stunting. You're stunting. Yeah. you're stunting on my man. You're stunting on him. <sighs> like, right after that, my man come and sneak, come and knock that thing out in the goal. I'm like, damn,
0: there go karma.
1: And he's like <laughs> – you know, you just got to be, be
0: keep professional at all times. Right. And now now in, in CJ's defense, right, uh, he's always been that guy. He's yep. always been the this trash talker. He was the – I feel like he was a little bit of the edge that the Eagles were missing this year yeah, on the defense side of the ball. So, like, there's been times where he's been right, right? He talked his trash. He did his thing. And they won. Why do you think it is that – like when the guy's are fighting on the field, it's always the second guy that yeah, that, yeah, that gets caught. Yeah. Why do you think it that it's only yeah. when you're wrong that <laughs> that they that these things start popping up? Like, oh, look at what CJ did and they lost. So yeah. let's let's kill him for it. Why do you think that is? And you made a great point
1: there. CJ's been
0: backing up. Everything he said is. Everything. This is the
1: only yeah. the one time where maybe he got a little bit ahead of himself. But I mean, to your point, man, I ain't got nothing bad to say. I mean, yeah, CJ had that moment. He had something to learn from. But I love what CJ brings, but oh, just like love I love what Dan brings. but you got to have that man. You got to have that. And say, somebody that's going to bring that energy. That's going to you know just you know bump. Uh, you know Detroit versus everybody. You know that's our thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. here. You know that's that's the mindset that uh, that CJ brings, and he he was that edge for. Um, for the, uh, Philadelphia and so I'm I'm definitely glad that we got them over here so like right. hey right. CJ hey right. ruffle feathers I ain't tripping
0: hey ruffle those feathers and then like debo, debo said hey we got to we got to check on little bruh. uh Debo gets the last laugh for now right I kind of want to get him, gonna, I kind of well, want to nah. get them both on the show and just let let them talk yeah. talk it out after the Super Bowl of course, fun. you know does debo got to focus on the Super Bowl All right people your favorite part of the show has come It's Prize Picks time and RG3 and the ones is presented by Prize Picks well, Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. I'm having a blast, everybody. An absolute blast. It's super simple. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Pow! Just like that, you're making money. And since the big game is right around the corner, if you have the skills, and we know I have them, do you? Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment into 100 times your money. Golly! With as little as four correct picks, you can turn ten dollars into a thousand dollars. That's pretty impressive. Now, it's really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than sixty seconds. I'm going to do, uh, you know, there's quick withdrawals, there's easy gameplay, and a huge selection of player and stat types is what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Come on now, get in the game, everybody! All right, let's get into it this week on Prize Picks. I'm selecting, boom, number one, Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, one yard, you can win on prize pick. So I'm gonna go ahead and take more than one yard for Mahomes because obviously I love money and I know you guys love money as well. And the second pick I'm going to make is Isaiah Pacheco at more than half a rushing or receiving touchdown. Now, why am I doing that? Well, one, he's had, a touchdown in seven straight games. And he's going up against a 49ers defense that we saw last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was in the NFC Championship game against the Lions, uh, really get dominated early in the game running the football. Uh, And obviously Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery had a great game. So Pacheco is going to be a huge part of this game plan for the Kansas City Chiefs, who also know that they're not the teams from yesteryear. They got to run the football to be successful. So those are going to be my two picks on prize picks this week, and I want you guys to make some money. So make sure you, you know, I'm trying to give y'all some game here for free. So those are my picks for daily fantasy sports. It's made easy with Prize Picks. Make sure you go to PrizePicks.com/rg3 and use code RG3 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, guys, go to PrizePicks.com/rg3 and use code RG3 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Let's make that money calvin you you know uh you know through your nine seasons like consistency is key you play with the plethora of quarterbacks but the guy that you know you you took off with was matthew stafford right now as a as an offensive guy we all know that continuity is important and now you know ben johnson has decided that he's not going to go be the head coach of the commanders and he's not going to go be the head coach of the the seattle seahawks he's coming back how do you think that or Ben Johnson coming back impacts the development of guys like Amon Ra, uh, Jameer Gibbs, and you know even uh, Jamison Williams. How does that how does that impact them going forward?
1: Man, I, I mean that was that's, that's news to me, you know. So that I am I am ecstatic to hear that, man. <laughs> and to that
0: point, you know, I I
1: um uh, I don't get ticked off, but I do kind of like when when coordinators are so quick to up and leave unless you're just that guy and right. people know who you are and being, he's, he's creating a name for himself, not to say that he is one of these guys, but man, like when you're building something, like, don't be so quick to up and go because the grass <laughs> is not always greener on the other side. You're going to get a head coaching job, but that team probably ain't going to be a, a, a squad. You got to build that squad. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm proud of, I'm proud of Made that move, man. Because I think that he sees what he's got, man. He, yes. man. I'd be excited if I was him. The young core group of guys, Jameer Gibbs, you know, Roth coming into just killing it. Uh, I'm trying to think. They got a whole great cast of guys, and David Montgomery back there. Just man, come on, like. I'm excited about this team. Now we just got to keep keep on building over here on defense and like, let's say Brad Holmes and and and, and Dan, they're putting together a great squad.
0: Yes, they are. And and I, I think, you know, for Ben, this is the second coaching cycle in a row that he has just said, nah, huh, I'm good. I'm going to stick here. I'm going to stay with this, with this crew. Uh, I love obviously Dan Campbell and what he's bringing to the table. Um, And I don't disagree with you as far as the OCs. I I think there's like some crazy stat of like since like 2019 or 2020 that almost every team has changed their offensive coordinator. Just some wild stat because these guys are getting opportunities, whether it be in college or the NFL, to go be head coaches and they're running for them. Uh, That's why a lot of people believe you got to, you know, if you get a defensive coordinator or defensive guy as your head coach, he's got to have. Two, three, four offensive coordinators in his pocket, just to be able to survive his own coaching uh, tenure with that team, which is kind of crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Indeed, man. Like I say, I just kudos and kudos to, to Ben, man. Yeah. That's, that's exciting for me, for me to hear for the development of this team, man. That, that's 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 awesome. And I mean, I think that says a lot about Dan as well. You know, what he's yeah. trying to build and and, yeah, and Ben, like I say, like like I think this is going to this is going to help him, you know, grow into a better leader. You know, as well when that time does come for him to be to step into that role.
0: y'all, oh, that's a, the perfect way to say it. And, and now, you know, we're having a great conversation. And, and, but what media has become uh, today is obviously just a lot of hot takes. And, and I have my own feelings about how a lot, a lot of that stuff goes down. I want to celebrate the players and celebrate what's going on. Some people want to tear people down. But there's always that old comparison thing, right? So Skip mm-hmm. Bayless comes out and he says that he would take Jameer Gibbs over Christian McCaffrey because he's more explosive. Would you take Jameer Gibbs over Christian McCaffrey?
1: Man, I would have to. Just because I have a little bit of a tie to Jameer. Yeah. You know, he is one of my uh, teammates from Georgia Tech and Tashar Choice. He's not a uh, running back coach at uh, University of Texas. Yeah. He brought him over. Uh, He brought Jameer Gibbs over to Georgia Tech for a while before he transferred over to Alabama. It's true. I just remember him raving about this kid like five years ago. Right. You know, so just see all that come to fruition, man. He's a great kid. I, I love the kid. So I, I my bias is leaning me towards um towards Jameer. Okay. But, man, I love McCaffrey. I love McCaffrey's dad, dog. So I, I love this kid. I love what McCaffrey brings to the table, man. Dude is a baller. I'm glad that he – I mean, he was killing it when he was in Carolina. It's just great to see when it's, – it's great to see when guys line up in great situations. Like, he's supposed to be there.
0: Right. And now, listen, I love both of these guys as well. I'm not trying to be a politician here. Uh, <laughs> I thought Jameer, like just going back to college, like his ability at Georgia tech, I was astonished that he actually averaged more yards per carry at Bama than he did at Georgia tech in the ACC. So he went wow. from the ACC to the, the most prestigious conference in college football and had more yards per carry. I thought that was uh, amazing based off of his play style. Uh, but, but do you feel like in this past game that McCaffrey outplayed Jameer Gibbs, putting all bias aside?
1: Um, I mean, the fumble hurts, hurts the conversation. But, man, uh, I mean, Gibbs was running the ball pretty well. But I, I think McCaffrey would edge him out, I think he might have had like 100 and – I don't know if he had 150 all-purpose yards or something like that. But the kid is dangerous, man. The kid could catch the ball out, out the backfield. I mean, he's as strong as a running back as you're going to get. You yep. know, so I mean, dude that's all, he got all the tools.
0: Yeah. Tool. yeah. So the numbers were McCaffrey was 20 rushes for 90 yards, two scores. Um, obviously, had the, the 25 yard run in the fourth quarter to help set up mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell. Um, and then mm-hmm. Gibbs had 12 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. I would, I would put it this way Big they're difference. both great backs, <laughs> they're yeah. both explosive. Like, it's not, it's not one or the other. McCaffrey had a better game. Yeah. But he also got more opportunities, and the offense only runs through him, essentially, at the running back spot. So I just think, you know, I don't know anyone right now out other than Calvin Johnson Jr., who who is very, his word is bond, would take <laughs> would take Jameer Gibbs over McCaffrey. But if you get either of them, I think you're happy. That's, that's kind of how yeah. I would put it. We don't got to pick sure. these guys against each other in that way. But, uh, yeah, sure. it is what it is. We talked about Dan Campbell already, right? Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the decisions on fourth down and the decision to run it on third down to cost the, the, the force them to use a timeout, why aren't people – or why do you think people aren't talking about the fact that there was the drop by Reynolds on, on fourth down or Jameer's fumble that kind of kept that hellacious eight minutes rolling um, yeah. for the 49ers? Why do you think people are just, like, throwing that out the window and only blaming Dan Campbell?
1: Yeah. Um... You know, in spite, I guess there's so many different avenues you can go down. Like that's true. you can go down turnover battle, it's Kind of, it wasn't it one to one. I think it was one to one. I think it was one one. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a wash. Okay. So then people, all right They see they see that as a wash. So you see zero zero still. Um, okay, you got drops. I mean, that's gonna happen. You know, I mean, you got two or three that are pretty blatant, but you know that stuff happens. You know, but at the end of the day, I think people just fall back on dang, like. There's six points out there. If you look at the score, what was the score? Like, was it, uh, what was the 30, final? 34-31? Yeah,
0: 34-31.
1: So that's six points out there left on the board.
0: I don't look at it necessarily like
1: that. You right. know, I, I feel that, but I do see one of those, okay, yeah, one of those, uh, six, three of those points we it. You know, the first, like I say, that first, that first time we went for it, hey, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm in the game. I'm watching game. Like, <laughs> Right. I'm like, right. hey, like, I'm, I might do things differently, but hey, we've been rolling like this all year. Like, it's talk. okay. All it's right, okay. We don't, we don't get it. Okay. Momentum just shift a little bit. Nothing crazy. You know, they, okay, they score. Okay. Right. But then it just, the cascade right after that, boy, that just, that's just like, by, on, by the time that second touch opportunity came around, it was just like, the male momentum had swung. Yeah, we try to stop stop the hemorrhaging. I'm with you. (laughs) I'm
0: with (laughs) you. It was the first like we had this whole conversation on Countdown, uh, on Monday Night Countdown, about uh, what Dan Campbell was doing versus what Staley and the Chargers had been doing, Mm -hmm. and how many former players and even you're kind of speaking to this. They just feel like Staley was doing it because the piece of paper told him to do it, whereas with Dan it was more like. I'm feeling it in here, and I'm with you. In those games, in those moments, it feels like the first one didn't work. Maybe we should try it a different way. And, he, and they got so stuck in like, no, nah, this is what we do. This is who we are, that they just kept hitting their head against the wall, trying to knock it down, and it just didn't happen. But um, you are undoubtedly the greatest Lions receiver of all time. You don't have to agree. I know you're a very humble guy. That's what I'm here to do—to gas you up. Um, but do you believe that a guy like Amon Ra can become the best Lions receiver ever? Yeah, I mean he has the opportunity to.
1: He has it in front of him. He has the opportunity in front of him. And I guess the only the only thing that's stopping him uh, from doing that is, is his, his availability. You know, uh, availability is your best ability in this game. Right. So if you're out there. If you're not out there, you can't put up numbers. So as long as you're out there, you can, you can do some damage. And he has a good quarterback. He has Jared Goff. What they're starting right now, and hopefully it's starting to run, man. Because if I tell you the energy, man, in Detroit around here, like the last couple of weeks, man, it's just right. like a crazy nervous energy, like good energy. It's just like it's, it's crazy because nobody really felt it before. Right. <laughs> so, that's true. That's true. So yeah. that's, that's what was so wild about it. So It was, it was a good feeling.
0: No, nah, that, that, that's awesome. It's amazing to hear you say that, too, because like th- there's some legends in the game that 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 don't want guys to, to break the records or don't want them to be better than them. And and, um, you know, you're you're phenomenal. It's going to be really hard to, to break your records first and foremost. Uh, but the way that you give back to the guys is, is just something that I've always admired. And I know that guys like Amon Ra and, and other players on the team have stated that the bitter, the bittersweet, you know, taste in their mouth, that bitter taste in their mouth is going to motivate them to win it all next year and i just want to give you analyze like all the flowers man like 30 years since they'd won the division 32 years since they had won a playoff game 32 years since they had been uh, in a conference championship game and like they should celebrate that I- enjoy that success from the season while also trying to back it up next year as dan campbell said it's going to be so much harder to get there because now everybody knows they have a target on their back, but just what do you want to say to the team uh, as, as a fan and as a former player about this year and what it meant to you guys?
1: Yeah, man, as a fan, you know, and just seeing the fans, you know, just all year, you know, just extremely proud of the work that was put in. I I say this and I, I don't mean to disrespect anybody on that team. It's like, they got a group of men. They have they have some stars on the team, but it's not. I feel like it's not. They're not loaded. But I spoke to it earlier. But man, the guys came together um, under the same under the same intention under the same goal. And like I said, when you got two people in the same room under the same goal, man, you can move mountains. You got fifty three, bro. Like I say, you get to where you got to this year. It's not going to be easy next year because, like I say, the division is just it, the, the division. I going not get any easier this year, yeah, right, just, right. and it wasn't a light year. But it's going to get better. You got Jordan Love; he's going to he's going to progress. So you True. got um. I don't know what they're doing with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. I don't know what's happening there that situation. Right. But if right. he's going to be there. They're going to be They're going to be solid. Right. You know, if um, well, I don't know what's happening in Chicago, what's going to happen there with Justin Fields? Or are they going to come in with a new quarterback? Like, you know, is it going to be a situation like you got out and with the Texans? Where they get a stud they come in there and just start balling all of a sudden, so <laughs> you know you know Dan's not he's not wrong, like it's not easy to get to the playoffs, and Dan's no. sure not easy to get to the, the dang super Bowl, so no. and i I never made it to the super Bowl. I never made it out the first round, so it just you know you can't take those moments for granted, but it should just incite guys like the work that was put in this year just like dang, right, we got to take it up another level if we want to get to where we want to get to
0: nah no, i I agree with you, and you know I just found something that we have in common, at least when it comes to our NFL careers, uh, you didn't make it out of the first round and neither did I. So uh, I'm not a, I'm I'm not a hall of fame quarterback, but I can say that I have that in common with a hall of fame receiver. Um, But, but, you know, in all seriousness, like everybody feels like they could have got more, like we were robbed of more Calvin Johnson. Um, if you could go back, I asked Barry Sanders the same question uh, when I had him on the show. If you could go back, would you still do it the same way? Or would, is there anything that you would do differently? Um, if I went back, would I do it the same way?
1: Mm, I don't know how, I don't don't really see how I would do it differently. Uh, I mean, I can't, I wouldn't play the game any different than I played because, if you if you if I do that, then you know I'm gonna feel I'm a, I'm gonna have a, I know I'm gonna have feelings of like I left stuff out there on the field. And that's you just never wanna have that. Um, as far as when I walked away from the game, no, just my body was tired, my body was done. You know, I wanted to spend time with my family, so I don't take any of that back. You know, um, I was able to be you know rewarded for the work I put out on the field. You know, um, so you know I don't take it back, man. I'm living a beautiful life. I'm doing, the, I'm doing what I love right now. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm raising up a beautiful
0: family. That's that's awesome to hear. And uh, I, I still, when you when you retired, I still was like, why? Why? We, <laughs> we, 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 I, listen, I know we were competing against each other and everything, but it's like, man, I just, we, I, we played you guys in 2013 when I was in Washington, and you had like, you had 115 yards receiving. Uh, our guy, Nate Burleson, had 116 yards receiving. Obviously, you guys won the game when you have 200 yard receivers like that. But I, I just know like for the fans, like we wanted to see more of Calvin Johnson. And and honestly, if we could put you in the hall of fame twice, they should. That's how great of a player that you were uh, and are like, you know, still, you know, it, you're still here. I just want to want to give you those flowers. i never really had a chance to to, to truly talk to you uh, about that in that regard. But there is one thing that I that I have to ask on top of that retirement is I believe you didn't have a, a press conference. You just issued a statement. Yeah. Why, yeah. why didn't you have that press conference for everybody to come back and shower that love on you in that moment? Yeah, there's a couple
1: of things that happened. So during that season, or after my eighth season, I knew I was going to – I almost retired after my eighth season, told my dad about it. You know, he was just like, you know, can you do it again? I sat there and thought about it. He, while I was thinking about it, he's like, well, since you're thinking about it, yeah, you can do it one more time. So I came back for the ninth season. And that whole season, I knew it was gonna be my last one. I would be telling my teammates like during the season, I'm like, "Man, I'm about to retire." Like Kobe, soul. Kobe <laughs> right, had retired right, that right. Year, was had, had announced his retirement that year. And I just I say that all the time at lunch, and guys was like, "They're like, man, you you bushing." So, at the end of the season come. And the main reason why I didn't want to come out with it during the season is because you know I didn't want to be a distraction. So right. I knew If I did, if I came out with it during the season, that's all the talk was going to be about. It's just Fair. Like, way. They would
0: have gave know, you the farewell tour it. for sure. Yeah.
1: That, that that's yeah. that's all the talk is going to be about why and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the harder part was how was I going to tell those Cowboys? That was the harder part.
0: You okay. Know, okay.
1: You know, he had this is just his second year. You know, I've never had a you know a, a black male figure as a head coach. You know, so that was significant. But I just at the time, you just the bodies just was not not on the same page, you know. Gotcha. Um, you know, shoot, I mean, shoot, I would love to play for Coach Dan right now too. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that energy, that that whole level of uh, you know, culture. I think it's the culture change, shot that 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 I love when I go over there. The energy is so so great and different in that building, man. It's just it's it's truly a, a testament to what he is doing in that building, man. Right. Like People, you know, dog, we were talking about Coach being a meathead and all this stuff. Like, nah, that man is intentional. He is getting his yeah. team ready. Like, mm-hmm. he is you know, he, he's talking to his team. He's talking to the fans, too. But, um, man, he, he knows what he's doing and I, I appreciate the... I, I, and seeing where he's come from, too. Right. Also allows him to have that perspective because, you know, dude, dude's been around some great coaches. <laughs> yes, you know, he has. John mm-hmm. Payton. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been up under those wings. So, um. You know, I, I was one I was excited just for the guys having a head coach <laughs> that's a player coach. Right. You know how significant that is, man. So you got a guy that has a head coach, but then you got, you know, all your staff, half of your staff are former player coaches like studs that play, you know what I'm mm. saying? It's like I, I was fortunate to have Sean Jefferson as a player coach. So for me, having that guy that played 13 years and did being where i want to go, I'm like, shit, I'm going to buy in. <laughs> and, you know, and you see like last year when it clicked like halfway through the season, right. you know, things weren't great early in the season, but halfway through the season it clicked for them boys and they went on a run towards the end of the season. Yep. And I saw them like, dang, it's clicking for those guys. They they see the experience, they're buying in, and all. And then they, from that point, they've just been on this kind of trajectory. So we just got to, you know, I'm going to be there to support them, but you know, I don't know, try to keep them on that kind of trajectory, man, because they, they – um. They got a society. We're going to be there. I'll tell you, bro, Detroit um, uh, Four field is, like, the loudest stadium I probably played in, if not one of the top two. Okay. In the NFL. Okay. When I played, i tell you, bro, like, I wanted to lead a game, like, the, for the two, the two playoff games. And my ears were really hurting, like, really hurting. Like, I'm <laughs> like, no, I'm like, this cannot be good for my health, like. right. Right fans were out, they're off the chain for those games, man. So I just like to say, this is a football town. We get some some winning here. Mm-hmm. Like, it changes everything. It changes, like, everybody's outlook. It's wild. It's, it's, it's the Midwest, you know? So we're we looking at gray skies every day, so we need
0: something. <laughs> now, I want everyone listening to realize that we went from a question about Calvin Johnson retiring to how much he loves Dan Campbell and what he has done <laughs> for Detroit. So I think it's official. We can go ahead and announce it on uh, RG3 and the ones that Calvin Johnson is coming back to play for the Detroit Lions red zone only, 10 snaps a game, Uh, jump balls in the back of the end zone because Dan Campbell has this man ready to bite off some kneecaps. Uh, But, yeah, Dan does have to realize that sometimes biting off the kneecaps means kicking the field goals. But that's not the (laughs) point. The point is – you know, oh, you said you had a couple of things going on there with retirement. I would have loved to see that. That have seen that press conference in the moment, but I do agree with you. It's phenomenal what's going on in Detroit. The fans deserve it. You went through it. I'm more than sure. I, I personally believe, uh, Calvin, that if you had Dan Campbell, you would have played more than nine years. That's just my my feeling about it because I think you would For have sure. been inspired and motivated to continue to fight through. Uh, I know you had, like, some ankle issues and things that were going on, but I believe you would have fought through that.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: that is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
0: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But speaking of those, those, um, your body, right? I I had to ask you this question because you have a brand called Primitive Primitive Performance, uh, which is a cannabis-based company. Uh, and I just gotta, I just, I'm gonna just lay it on you. Uh, did you ever play any games high?
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> towards the end of my like, that, that's the thing. Like, you can't really play a game high because, like, I get to the game like, the stadium like three hours before the game. Right. You know, did I have our part on the way to that, to, to that transition to that point? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. There were some games there in my career, man. I was just like, bro, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it today. <laughs> so I, just, I don't know how I'm going to make it today. Let me get my mind right. Let me get my mind right. Let me put this effort in my system. So we go out here and get it done. So you, would go, so you would go
0: to some games at the end of your career and basically get fried just a little bit, a couple hours beforehand, so that you could come down and and, and not, not not feel anything i guess or or what was the reason
1: it is more more so just like kind of get your mind right okay not body's not cooperating yeah let me get my mind right let me let me let me add a little effort to my system so i can just go out here and just say effort let me go destroy my body for sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All
0: right. So you obviously had the game. Uh, this was against the Dallas Cowboys in twenty thirteen, where you had three hundred and twenty nine receiving yards. Were at that point, were you, uh, you know, d- diving into the the cannabis, or or was it later, more so twenty fourteen?
1: No, it was like my last
0: year. When okay. I was just like I was barely hanging on. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, because if you, if you had 329 receiving <laughs> yards getting fried before the game, I mean, everybody going to be
1: getting fried before the game now because the kick-out of Johnson did it. I, I ain't going to do that to the game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, bro. Okay. So, I, I got to, uh, you know, you got me the goodie bag. Once again, appreciate you uh, from prim- Primitive Performance. Um, I, I think I'm still coming down. Uh, just from the smell of the bag, it was, it was it was strong, Calvin. I'm not gonna lie to you; it was it was strong. And I've been in some college dorm rooms that was not as strong of a smell as what I got when I opened up that bag. <laughs> so uh, I want you to know that you guys got that real, real. Just to uh, you got that. Ooh wee! Um, but I wanted to have the conversation. I know we're laughing and joking about it, but. Do you feel like marijuana itself, cannabis, has been stigmatized in, in, a, in a negative way when it comes to athletics?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, just the stigma in general, you know, it, you know, it permeates, you know, every, every industry, every culture, you know. Um, I think that, you know, my own experience, though, you know, is what, you know, led me to dive in a little deeper. And then those those continued experiences, you know, one helped me to, you know, see beyond the stigma. And then that experience with different applications of cannabis, which led, that's what led me to be like, hmm, there's science behind this. Let me, I want to, is there, there's a, there's an opportunity to invest in something like this. And then just timing wise, man, after I got done playing, uh, like, you know, in the in the transition period, trying to figure out, you know, where exactly I want to go or where I want to land. You know, try some different things. In the franchising did that for a little bit. You know, it just wasn't. You know, it wasn't. Really, I wasn't really passionate behind it. Okay. You know, and then the cannabis um, industry went legal in Detroit around like 2018 or yes. 19. Yep. And we were just. I just happened to be in the place at the right time where we had the right team and just started to build with people that. We're like-minded, believe in the power of the plant okay, and really wanted to get down to the science of it and be able to innovate, you know, be able to take modern technology um to, to cannabis as, you know, just aspirin, you know, you got tree bark, you know, you mix that with some modern technology and we have, we have that nice little, you know, that nice little pill. So we're able to do what with primitive performance, you know, bring nanotechnology, basically just Reducing the particle size so small that it basically bypasses the intestinal stream, and gets into the bloodstream, making it just more bioavailable for the body. So that's what we're all about, man. Just trying to become from an authentic place. We use topicals. We use ton of rehydration solutions. So those are our first two skews of primitive performance. And you know the topicals that we use, they might have been heating, they might have been cooling, but they never had any anti-inflammatory properties to them. Same thing with the um, same thing with the topical. I mean, with the rehydration solution. So we're just trying to affect. Uh, we're just trying to affect inflammation both internally and superficially. So we came out with two great products, man. Very excited about them. I said they don't have any THC in them. Okay. Uh, no, this is the bag <laughs> it came from the building. You know, the, right. It, 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 the building. The buildings are next to each other, so it is a strong. It is a strong smell, but no, nah, there's no THC in them. It's all um, it's CBD, CBG, CBC, and CBN. So okay. it's. Uh, Entourage affected those minor cannabinoids, making them very impactful.
0: Okay. And then, and I want everyone listening to understand that like all the things that, that Calvin's talking about, it's natural, right? And, and there's a lot worse things out there that people use uh, or put in their bodies or on their bodies uh, that are actually harmful. Uh, and I think that's kind of been the issue when it comes to marijuana or it comes to cannabis. Is just such a negative undertone about it because of how it was perceived, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 years ago. Uh, It's affected the careers of guys like Josh Gordon, who was my teammate in college. And when I went to Cleveland for one year, thought I was going to have an opportunity to to play with Josh. Tore it up in the Mm. preseason. He ends up getting suspended again because of marijuana. So uh, I think today the NFL is doing a better job of of bringing awareness to these different types of treatments uh, or different medicines that you can use. Mm -hmm. And you have actually called this your preferred medicine of choice. Uh, Why is that?
1: I mean, like I said, for many reasons, the main reason being it's a natural alternative. You know, we know the, you know, the opioid epidemic epi- 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 we're, we're faced with and trying to create an alternative for people's uh, pain to deal with, to create a better quality of life. That's what it's all about, man. Just living a quality of life. If I got a product that I can rub on, um, if I got arthritis or whatever I have bug- bugging me superficially and it allows me to get back to doing and being how I, how I typically am. You know that's the product that we need. You know, <laughs> right, and it's it's, right. and it's just science, it's just reducing inflammation. So you know, it's, it's it's something that everybody deals with. We're building it for the professionals, obviously, to be able to um, professional athletes, and we're right. going through the process called uh, NSF for sport certification. They, okay, okay. And so that that allows us to obviously go into collegiate and professional locker rooms. So we're in that we're in the middle of that process right now. So we visualize this being something that you know professional teams can use.
0: My man. I I want you to know I was not joking. I got it right here. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So this is the uh, the fast acting CBD topical. All right. Now if I put this on my knees, you know my history with knee injuries. If I put this on my knees, what's this gonna feel like? How you get louder? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're going to feel like you was 21. Oh, I'm going to feel like I'm 21? <laughs> Shit, i might put this whole thing on my knees then. Shit. Come
0: on now. Hey. I remember 2012. Bring it back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so here we go. we got the creep. I'm rubbing it on the knees. What we're going to do is we're going to check in in about 10 minutes, see how I'm feeling. There you go. All right, but as we continue to move forward, let's talk about this Ravens-Chiefs game. Um, obviously, I was heartbroken because – you know, I played for the Ravens, and, and to be quite frank, uh, John Harbaugh, uh, best head coach I've ever played for in the NFL. Uh, Steve Bishotti, best owner I've ever played for uh, in the NFL. When you talk about uh, Eric DeCosta, the GM, Ozzie Newsom, like these guys, they built a culture, and you know what to expect when you're a Baltimore Ravens. So it was tough mm-hmm. for me to, to kind of yeah. watch that. So this is kind of my Lions moment, like you had, watching your team uh you know come up a little bit short but one of my colleagues rex ryan love him got a lot of respect for him he's done a lot in this business of tv but also in coaching and he Mm -hmm. said about the ravens that you don't have tom brady right your quarterback is lamar jackson and they drop back to pass 82 percent of the time in this game just do you think that the ravens game plan was smart or do you blame todd munkin for going that direction
1: at this point in like not not at this point in his career because he's he still got a lot of career left, you know God willing. Um, man, we know that kid. And I I know him as you know. i me coming from Atlanta. I, he's like the the second coming to Michael Vick. You know what I'm saying? Like he he is that guy. Like, and to not use his God given ability to his elusiveness, like man, it just it blows my mind. Like I feel like just. When it all comes down in line, just like we expect Patrick Mahomes to do it with his arm, like I expect the same thing from Lamar, but he can do it with his arms and his legs. There you go.
0: I, um, I look at this and I say, oh, the Ravens needed Lamar Jackson to be Superman. And I did a, an entire thread. It was nine tweets long on Twitter earlier uh, this week. And the reason I did that was because obviously I was emotional after the game. I didn't want to get in front of a camera and talk about it because I was hurt for my guy. I was hurt for Lamar. I was hurt for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the whole point of the thread was the Ravens needed Lamar to be Superman. They brought in guys like Todd Monk and OBJ, Zay Flowers, to add to Isaiah Likely, Mark Andrews. They brought in Nelson Aguilar, right? They had Bateman Mm -hmm. already. They had a strong offensive Mm -hmm. line. And they brought all those guys in and added them to the party because they didn't want Lamar to have to be Superman every single week yeah but in the afc championship game man they needed him to be superman i just didn't feel calvin that they gave him the opportunity to utilize all his skills uh i yeah. talked i talked about the touchdown pass to zay in the first quarter unbelievable right houdini in the pocket holds the ball for like eight seconds boom die yep. well the rest of the game he was doing the same similar things because he was trying to give his guys opportunities to make plays where they should have been utilizing him and ran him and l- run him 20 times. If you have to, it's the AFC championship game. There's no other quarterback like Lamar Jackson in the NFL. You got to be able to use all of his skills and talents. And I didn't feel like they did that. And that was my only gripe, but I think that they'll figure it out. And this team can get way better because offensively, they were way too up and down this year. Yeah. I feel like that's a game where like, if you got to go for 75 to a hundred. Like you got to get it done.
1: You got to do it. And then, like I, I like your sentiment about because I never, obviously, from the outside looking in at Hardball, I've always admired them. You know, I've always admired the organization. Because, like you say, it's just it seemed it just everything seemed and felt so consistent, right? Uh, ever since, like you know, back when Ray Lewis and those guys were there doing it. So, uh, yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. Um, that's that's great to hear about the organization, man. I really and then, like I said, I'm, I've been a Lamar fan since he was at uh, since he was in college, man. Yeah. And they wanted to try to put him at receiver and all that, man. That just made me even more of a fan. Yep. You know, I hate when they try to do it like that. So um uh, yeah, man. It's just uh it's it sucks to see it. Yeah uh, see it go down like that for him, man. But uh like I say, he's still in it, man. He's yeah. still got that that same squad. It's yep. just, hopefully it just gets better for him and hopefully it's a lesson learned, man. I honestly expected uh, to see him in the um in the championship game, but you know, hey, we still gotta play the game.
0: No doubt about it. I, and I'm gonna give you the story because you mentioned uh Harbaugh and the organization and then I'm gonna ask you a question about Lamar. So the, the blessing for me, Calvin, you played for one team uh, your entire career. I ended up playing for three. And the mm-hmm. first two teams I played for were two of the most dysfunctional franchises in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I got to Baltimore, I was able to see that, oh, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is how you yeah. build a team. This is how from top to bottom you have everybody have the same ethos, right? Mm-hmm. And the team benefits. They have an identity. Mm. They know who they are. Play like a Raven means something in Baltimore. Mm. So I yeah. was blessed to be able to have that opportunity and will forever be indebted to Steve Bishotti, John Harbaugh, Ozzie Newsom, and Eric DaCosta for allowing me to, to see that for three years. It meant everything to me. Completely changed my outlook on everything that I had been through and what a team is supposed to be like. But when we get to Lamar Jackson, the question I have for you is, how do you think he gets over the hump because now, with the way that his playoff record is, uh, I believe he's 2-4, and four, and the, the pressure that's on him with the contract and, and what Patrick Mahomes is doing, how do you think he doesn't allow the narrative mm-hmm. to become his reality? Yeah. I think back to
1: when I played
0: high school for baseball.
1: In my junior year, man, I could not hit the curveball. So you know what they did? You know, my senior year, they came in doing that curveball. I messed <laughs> right. around and had like you know, twelve or fifteen home runs that year. Half of them on the, on that curveball. And I just think about Lamar in that same in that same light to the effect like man, they were they were lighting them up. They're hitting them with the blitz, and they, it was kind of being effective. Yep. So you just know everybody saw that. The whole world saw that. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to copy that. They're going to hit you with some pressure. Yeah. And if you – I mean, the best way to beat pressure is to prepare for it. Right. So in this season, I I mean, I just – I mean, I expect him just to be in the just – I don't – I'm not a quarterback, but I just expect him to try to, you know – put himself in a situation where he can see all these different looks, right? you know, and try to, you know, visualize that, you know, game, you know, in real time and game mode and just, you know, just try to put all that experience in you because it's going to come, you know, and I, and then the biggest, your biggest thing, I think the biggest thing for him is just being able to overcome that. So when they, when they bring that pressure, you hit them with a the dagger. And we got a whole different outcome. We got a whole different narrative. So you know, I know that they're going, they're going to try to heat him up. You know, I feel like they got to him a little bit. And, then, you know, just be ready for that. Just be ready for that next year. I mean, you what is he going in his eighth year or something like that? Uh, he'll be going into his se- seventh year. Yep. Seventh year? Oh, shoot. See, he's younger than I thought. Good. Yeah. You know, so he got plenty of time. But, you know, like I say, these years when you got these squads, like, man, you can't take that for granted. Cause no. You don't know how it's going to look in another two years.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. and. Uh, You know, I actually tweeted out something uh, after the game, talking about Greg Roman, their former offensive coordinator, who who I Mm -hmm. had the honor to work with in Baltimore. And a big gripe of about him was he ran the ball too much, right? Well, in this playoff game, they didn't run the ball enough. I don't think that it's a it's not to say hey the grass isn't always greener because I am a believer in Todd Munkin and what he was able to accomplish. And listen, they made it to the AFC Championship game; like they got farther than they were before. But Mm -hmm. the Ravens can't forget who they are, and who Lamar Jackson is, especially in those big-time games.
1: You know, I I feel like what we used to seeing, like what we're talking about, you know, we're throwing the ball all game. What we're used to seeing from the Ravens, we just weren't seeing, you know, that second half of that game. Like you said, we're used to, from like, back in the days, Jamal Lewis seeing them boys pound the rock. They was running the rock successfully this whole season, I feel like. So just uh, that that was just, it just seemed uncharacteristic, you know, just just, uh, the ball they were playing there.
0: Yeah, and I hate to say I told you so when it comes to a team like the Ravens that, that obviously I've got an affinity for and, and a massive respect. But that those two games against the Niners and the Dolphins uh, near the end of the year yeah, were yeah. phenomenal. They were clicking on all cylinders. And I sat here and I mm. said they should not sit the starters in the last week of the season and and the reason was you want to keep them in rhythm play them for a half a quarter i don't know but then they sit they sit down for 20 days calvin and and they go out against the texans and they win the game but they were they were flat in that first half right and they were they weren't on and then they go to the Mm -hmm. afc championship game against the the vaunted patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs they were off Right. Like Lamar makes that spectacular play, but that's the only touchdown that they score. I'm still a believer that the guys should play. I know you don't want to risk injury, but I've been around Lamar Jackson in this team. They're all vibes. It's all about, you know, Mm -hmm. he's got a beautiful mind, man. I'm telling you, Calvin, in practice, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, I don't know. But in the game, oh, that brother is something special now. So do you think that that might have had anything to do with them? being a little off was that that break there at the end of the year to your point man I, I love
1: momentum and the momentum built. like I know for me me as a professional I wouldn't I would I would not not want to play
0: <laughs> right for right,
1: fear right. of losing any kind of like you know momentum that I got going right you know yeah coach might I'll, the coach might be like okay well you're just going to put in a little bit of time this 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 happened you know i like okay I can deal with that but I got it for me. I gotta get out there. I like. Got I gotta. I gotta run. I gotta feel it. I gotta feel the game. I don't. I don't want to go a whole week without playing. Right. You know. I mean, it's, right. it's great. You put yourself in that situation where you, uh, you know, when you when you're the leader of your division, where you can miss that game. Yep. But man, I, I mean, like just taking like a whole game off. I'm. I'm. I remember, I remember seeing that now. That now that we're talking about it, and that's my thing. Like, man, I, I hate getting out of sync. I hate you know getting out of you know losing momentum. Like. You know, and then say you don't have a great game. You know, just that's the that's that's the last thing on your mind. That's the last thing you're seeing, you know, right. constantly. So, I mean, not not that you didn't have a, glad, a good game, that, but the time before that, maybe you didn't have a great game. So you got to just that's your last thing on film. So it's just like just I want to play. You know, while we're on the two. no, just, I, I, I'm I'm with you.
0: I thought they should have played, and I think it did play a factor. I don't think they'll ever admit that, and I don't think it matters at this point. Uh, the Ravens this year had the one of the best teams they've ever had. And it's not just on paper. Like in reality, they hadn't been to a AFC championship game in 11 years. Like this Ravens mm. team was phenomenal. They just didn't get mm. it done when they needed to the most against this defending champs. And, and that sucks, but they've got a young core and they're building towards the future. Uh, another one of my colleagues, another big, big guy in the industry, Shannon Sharp believes that no one in the NFL, that the quarterback position should be, uh compared to or put in the same stratosphere as Patrick Mahomes. Uh, how do you feel about that? Mahomie man, that's, that's I call him <laughs> Mahomie man.
1: A man a man to earn man to earn some I ain't gonna say he earned that right, but damn. like my man have been the this is what's this, his fifth fourth fifth Super Bowl?
0: I think fifth Super Bowl in six years. I know it was six yeah. six straight AFC championship games. Uh yeah, he's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> that's really it the, the six straight championship games and you know what man I, I love Mahomes but I'm i I'm, I'm that much bigger of an Andy Reid fan man Ooh. I'm so happy for him oh yeah you know from the, his time spent in Philly to see him having this success out there man but but Jesus man the kid is talented like yeah, he, he got leg he could, he, could, he could scramble the dude can make all the bros like. Yep. I mean, like, he, 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 it's like he, he, he intentionally saw the best attributes from all the best quarterbacks and right. to put it in one package.
0: Yep. No, it's, I, I don't disagree at all. I think Patrick Mahomes is in a stratosphere of his own. If you call Mahomes great, then no other quarterback is great because of what he's been able to accomplish. And I mean that in today's game right now. I still believe the goat is Tom Brady. I believe Mahomes knows he needs a couple more rings before he can be he can take over that goat status. But he's well Mm -hmm. on his way, and he's he's the greatest quarterback that we have in the game, and honestly, the greatest I've ever seen with my own two eyes. uh, Go out there and play. Now, before we get to the Super Bowl, I just want you to to. I'm Zay Flowers. Say I'm Zay Flowers. What would your advice be to him after the 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 taunting penalty and after the fumble, the way the game went, what would your advice be to him on how to handle that moving forward in his career? Yeah, man, um, I mean, this in this game, this game will humble you. You
1: know, there there's gonna be plenty of moments for you to be humbled out here in this game. So you don't need to do it to yourself. Right. <laughs> you don't <laughs> there's no need to put that bad energy out there, you know, football going. <laughs> My coaches always say to football guys, you know, you know, and you know, I, I, he's right, man. Just like, don't put that good, bad energy out there, man. Just, just always be focused on putting good energy out there, putting good work out there, man, and all good good things will come back to you.
0: No, nah, that's that's awesome. You you hear that from from one of the goats himself, the most unguardable receiver in NFL history, uh, giving that advice to a guy like Zay Flowers, who has a, a super super bright future. So now, when we get Mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl in this conversation, it's the next guy who's going to be going up against Patrick Mahomes in the Swifties, right? Is Brock Purdy. (laughs) Just, just, now I'm not, I got to say, Calvin, I was really, really looking forward to an Eminem versus Taylor Swift Super Bowl, the madness, the voiceovers, but I still want the league to do it with E40. Because E-40 deserves respect. You and Nat is a a classic. He needs to be on there. But I digress. I digress. Uh, Just how impressed have you been with Brock Purdy this year, my guy? Man, you know,
1: um, the kid is, man. To be Mr. Irrelevant, to be in the situation that he is, is like not, you know, one, the situation ain't too big for him. You know, the man is like, I ain't going to go too far to call him clutch, but the man has some clutch tendencies right He got now, some
0: clutch man. tendencies? He got some
1: clutch got tendencies some clutch now. Tendencies. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Now, he do it. He Mr. Clutch if he go ahead and do it um, in two weeks. But, dog, like, I'm proud of the kid, man, to go from where he is. I mean, yep. he, I mean it says stat, stature-wise, he's like, he's like, I mean, maybe like the height, like Drew Brees heightened maybe. He could barely see over the line of scrimmage. But I'm, I'm not, 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 not exactly sure. But, the dude, uh, he's just a gamer. That's why, that's, why, that's why I'm saying he's a gamer and um i don't know anything about this history but what i do know is that he's over there and he's leading this 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 team full of studs and you know the way i the way those guys respond to him you know i can see that he he's putting in work you know he's earning the respect
0: yes he is i i just call him a difference maker listen i know uh you know my guy cam newton came out with the game manager versus the game changer thing which is something that's been been talked about for generations uh he mm-hmm. just threw some guys in there that aren't game managers and brock purdy is one of those guys he is not a game manager he is a difference maker he he's always been able to to attack you with his feet and i and i've said this i said this like last year the difference between brock purdy and jimmy garoppolo is the fact that brock purdy excels in off-schedule plays that that's that's what he does and now we got this super bowl rematch right from super bowl 54 And there's only, I think, 11 players returning from both teams, which just shows you how much a roster can change in like four or five years. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But Brock Purdy is the difference, and he could be the difference in this game. Uh, I'll save my pick for next week, but do you think that Brock Purdy can go all the way and, and help the 49ers beat Mahomes and the Chiefs? Yeah,
1: man, I really, I really do, man. Just looking at the talent on this team, I mean, they can't, they, they can't afford a slow start, obviously against the Mahomes right. And, and, right. and crew. I mean, and that that defense over there is playing great as well. But man, the kid, like you say, he's not a game manager. Every time I look up and watch him, he's making a play. Yep. You know, he's doing something with his arm that I didn't think that he could do, or he's doing something <laughs> with his legs, like like the other day. And I'm like, whoa! I didn't know this kid had this in him. <laughs> you know, so. Um, he continues to surprise me. Okay. So I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. If he, if he, uh, if he shots folks on uh, coming two Sundays from you
0: now. Oh, that's no. Listen, uh, Calvin Johnson Jr. out here giving his endorsement for, for Brock Purdy. Now he's not saying that he picked them, but he's saying he wouldn't be surprised if they were able to it, pull it off. Hard it's hard
1: to go against Mahomie. It's hard to go against Mahomie now. Them boys, him and Kelsey, they just find a way to win. Like he. He's that one guy, like, like, kind of like you know we used to think about Tom Brady is right. he gonna just do it and find a way to put it on his shoulders and win? He does that already, right? right? That's what. That's why we having those conversations about you know goat status.
0: Hundred percent. Listen, Patrick Mahomes, let's just call it what it is. He got that Jordan trait, right? That Jordan Kobe trait. When you saw him and and Justin right. Tucker and Travis Kelsey beefing before the game. Listen, <laughs> my phone is blowing up. People are like, oh snap! They didn't woke up the monster. I'm like, what you mean woke him up? He already a monster. So they missed it. They, they pissed him off in pregame. And That's the what man, I'm they pissed him off. And exactly. the man went out yep. there and did his thing. So I, uh, I'm not, I'm, not, I can't give away my pick. But let's just say that Patrick Mahomes is a whole another monster, and that Chiefs team has really bought in to their whole identity. So as this uh, conversation is coming to a close, I just want to say, um. My eyes are really wide right now, Calvin, and I can't feel my knees. So my, my knees feel incredible. I feel like I can go hit, hit a, a 360 windmill right now. So uh, make sure y'all go get that primitive performance because not only am I wide awake, but my knees feel like 2012. So somebody, somebody call me. We ready to go. Uh, but I do, I do got to hit a couple quick ones before you bounce, all right? Give me your top five. Jump ball receivers in NFL history.
1: Dang, that's tough. Top five jump ball guys. Mm -hmm.
0: All right.
1: I got three. So I got, yeah, I'll put Randy on that list. 100%. You got Moss. Obviously. I thought myself on the list. So that's two easy ones. Easy, easy one. I mean, nobody's really just like surprised, like like just going up there and snagging that thing right now like that besides Justin Jefferson. Like Justin Jefferson is really the only guy that I'm like. It's, it's a little bit more than a fifty-fifty ball.
0: That's a good. You know? That's like, a you, good even, one. That's a good
1: one. Um, let me get some history here. Um, I mean, I gotta give my man Chris Carter a shout out. Just, just hands in general. You okay, know? Just, okay, I like it. Know, I like I want I want. them late hands like that. There you <laughs> go. So we got
0: you, Randy, um, Chris Carter, Justin Jefferson. One more. Damn, man! Why y'all them Vikings on there? Jesus Christ! <laughs> you got a <laughs> bunch of Vikings on there. <laughs> you funny. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna go back to an OG man, the big OG, uh Hero Carr You know, just like big receivers before big receivers, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like just to show some love there.
0: Okay. Well, Calvin, I I've watched a, a ton of videos that's on tough, you. Though. you. That's stuff. I've watched a ton of videos on you, and every DB that's ever talked about you has said that you're the most unguardable receiver they've ever faced. Uh they've all lauded your ability to do everything at the wide receiver position. And I'm honored to be a business partner with you with Nestry and the cognitive training that we're doing. And I believe that we're going to be able to change the world there and, and help people train their brains the way that they train their bodies in the weight room. Uh yep. so I want to say thank you for for obviously uh including me in, in that endeavor. And I'm honored to have you on this show, man. You've been phenomenal and I can't wait to continue to have conversations like this with you in the future. And if you ever want to, you know, do your thing in media, you can certainly do it, man. It's, it's always a blessing, a blessing talking to you.
1: Appreciate it, man. It's great to talk to you too, bro. Thanks for having me on. Um, And appreciate the shout out with primitive performance, baby. Yeah. I'll check it out from yes, the nah, man, Always great to chat with you. Love what you're doing. You're doing a good job on TV, man. Keep it up, bro.
0: Appreciate you, homie. I'm gonna go run a 40 now because these knees is feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, brother.
1: How bro. Good to see you.
0: All right, people, that's a wrap for episode 20 of RG3 and The Ones. Want to give a huge shout out to Megatron for coming on the show. Calvin Johnson dropped some gems, told us some things we didn't know before, and we really got a chance to get a peek behind what made him so great. So hopefully you can take one thing from this show and apply it to your own life so you can become the one in that bad boy as well. RG3 and The Ones is a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. And the show would not be possible if it wasn't for my producers. They do an incredible job. Joanna, gotta give it up. You know, she's obviously having to deal with me every single week. And also the team at Whispering Oaks Productions doing an amazing job making sure that all this stuff can come together and we can give you guys such an amazing product. Make sure you go follow us on social media at rg 3 the ones As I said, we're gonna be dropping those daily clips and we certainly want you guys to be ready to receive it. But I always let you guys go with something before we leave. And today, this is what I got. A great philosophizer once said, you better lose yourself in the music. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Now that great philosophizer was Eminem. And maybe that's just what the Ravens needed to come out on top against the Chiefs. Still stings, but Ravens and Lions, Maybe next year you'll have an opportunity to go play in the Super Bowl, and I'll be there to cover it. All right, guys, just have a great week. See y'all next time. Peace.